This is The Adam Ritz Show, a public affairs talk show touching on community, health, foundations, and more. The Adam Ritz Show is underwritten by Vibonomics, an audio out-of-home advertising marketplace and audio experience company. Info at Vibonomics.com. And now, from the Vibonomics studios, please welcome your public affairs radio host, Adam Ritz. All right, here we go. My name is Adam Ritz. You are on board with the Adam Ritz Show. We cover public affairs with our guest on the phone, co-host, really, Jay Baker. Hi, Jay. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. I was hoping that we'd be recording in some exotic location, but instead we're right back in the Vibonomic studio and this fabulous studio that I work from. You are uh, in the remote studio. I am in the Vibonomic studios uh, on air, and we're glad our listeners are joining us to talk about public affairs coast to coast. And I wanted to start with a story uh, from the desk of John Oates, Hall of Famer, rock and roll Hall of Famer, half of the greatest selling duo in rock and roll history, Hall and Oates. What is your favorite Hall and Oates song? You know, She's Gone has always been a favorite of mine. I think it's probably even one of the first that I ever heard from them. I just have found them to be absolutely outstanding. So have you, you ever, can't go wrong with ha- Hall and or Oates. Ha- oh, that, should, that would be a great name. for a, <laughs> Is that a good name? For a tribute band. John, wait, Hall and or Oates. Oates, um, yes. Have you ever seen the video, the official video for She's Gone? Yes, I have. It's a freak show. Well, yeah, that was back in an era where everybody said, push the limits, push the boundaries. It was uh, the late 70s, and I think the story goes that they were supposed to be special guests uh, in their hometown of Philadelphia on like an American Bandstand type show. It wasn't American Bandstand, but it was a local version of American Bandstand. They were supposed to be supposed to be special guests. They couldn't make it. So they sent a pre-produced video of that song, and it was so terrible that the local (laughs) show didn't air it. (laughs) But but it survived, and through the magic of YouTube, if you search out uh, original, official, She's Gone video from Hall & Oates, it's a sight to be seen. Uh, I don't know what my favorite would be. I, I, you know, I'm an '80s child. I like uh, Private Eyes and Make My Dreams. Uh, Man Eater is a good one, uh, but they certainly have a whole uh, host of hits. Oh my goodness, um, yes, and uh, several number one hits. Well, I bring it up because John Oates and his wife Amy are going to host a virtual charity concert coming up on March 20th to benefit. Feeding America, and it's a free concert, and they're just hoping that uh, while you watch, you can donate while uh, donate what you can afford, um, so you don't have to pay to stream this show, but uh, they certainly would appreciate some donations to Feeding America, and this streaming concert uh, is officially called Oats Song Fest 7908, or 7908, depending on how you want to say the third number in that series. And I didn't know, you know, I I was first heard about it a few weeks ago, and I was like, what the heck is 7908? I didn't know if it was a an address uh, of the, maybe the studios where they started. Uh, but here's the deal. The first um, Oats Songfest was in 2010. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a, a concert that John Oates played at the historic Wheeler Opera House in Aspen, Colorado, 
which is located at the altitude of 7,908 feet, 7,908. So uh, that's uh, a little homage to the uh, 7,908 feet thousand feet uh, of the altitude of aspen colorado you can tune into oats Songfest 7908 uh 2021 coming up here on march 20th to benefit feeding america and he's got some special guests uh, worth mentioning daryl hall his bandmate from hall and or oats will join him <laughs> bob weir from the grateful dead sammy hagar uh dave grohl will also appear. So this is a, a big deal. That's I know. impressive. That's a good lineup. Yeah. Great. You know, Dave, who doesn't like Dave Grohl? Oh, he's great. And Sammy is just so magnanimous. He just loves working with a lot of other musicians. And Sammy is beyond talented. So that is a group. Yeah. And like you said about Dave Grohl and, you know, Bob Weir, is the most articulate guy out of the Grateful Dead, tremendous musician. So, yeah, you can't go wrong. Some of the other artists that uh, have committed to perform include Sean Colvin. Uh, I think uh, Sean's big hit was Sonny Came Home. I, I think I remember that. I think I played it back uh, on yeah. uh, on hit radio back in the early 90s when I was uh, spinning the hits on what we called contemporary hit radio. Um, big Kenny of the country duo... Big and Rich, and uh, Jim James from a band called My Morning Jacket will also perform. It's March 20th. It's John Oates. It's his thing. If you, um, I'll try to put a link on our website to this, but if you just Google John Oates virtual charity event, uh, you'll find uh, links on how to watch this um, and where you can go to donate to uh, Feeding America. And if you don't have a chance to watch this, we encourage you feedingamerica.org. It's one of the strongest, um, most important uh, charities in America to help feed the hungry. And we'd like to encourage you to just seek them out on your own and donate what you can to feedingamerica.org as well. All right, some other things happening uh, this month. Uh, we like to hit uh, the awareness issues every month. And it's, uh, I think this is our first show of March. So we'll hit on uh, March as Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month. Um, something a little less important. March is also National Peanut Butter Month. <laughs> well, now now you're talking because I think you are a genuine advocate for peanut butter. In fact, if I was on a quiz show and had to guess what your favorite flavor is, I would guess chocolate and or peanut butter. It's an odd one with me. Uh, I enjoy Reese Cups so much. And the, especially the specialty ones, the holiday ones, like coming up, we'll have the uh, the Reese eggs, Reese right. pumpkins in October, Reese trees in December, uh, Reese hearts in February. I love those things so much that uh, my family members think I love peanut butter flavored anything, and that is incorrect. So if you make ah. me, uh, you know, like a peanut butter uh, pie or some sort of homemade brownie with peanut butter in it, I mean, I'd rather just have the brownie. Uh, it's okay. really the, this is turning into a, uh, an endorsement of Reese, but I just, I love the Reese. <laughs> I know butter, it's your, one of your favorites of all time. But it's yeah. not like, uh, I don't even have a jar of peanut butter in my house. Uh, Amer you know, Americans eat about 700 million pounds of peanut butter each year. That does um, not surprise me. I eat that about 700 not. million pounds of, of Reese peanut butter <laughs> every year. <laughs> 
Well, <laughs> peanut butter is just one of those flavors. In fact, I was watching a show the other day, and they actually mentioned that if you think about it, peanut butter and jelly, the famous sandwich we all grew up on, really is kind of food chemistry. It's two foods that shouldn't necessarily go together, but they are absolutely perfect for each other. You know, I will tell you this. I do get my peanut butter intake with smoothies. I do enjoy smoothies. I love a strawberry banana smoothie, and I do add peanut butter to a strawberry banana smoothie because guess what it tastes like? A peanut butter and jelly sandwich. See, there you go. It's a famous, famous flavor combination. You're on board. It's the Adam Rich Show. We're brought to you in part by Vibonomics. You can learn more about them at Vibonomics.com, an audio experience company presenting uh, music and voiceover messaging and advertisements uh, in retail spaces across the country. We have a link to their logo uh, on our website, adamritzshow.com. Jay Baker, when's the last time you had peanut butter? Boy, good question. Um, Smoothie? Sandwich? I had some, some, oh, I wish, man. Uh, I have learned not to buy anything Reese-oriented. I I would eat the whole bag. I have zero (laughs) (laughs) self-control. I readily admit it. (laughs) It's best not to even purchase and place within my reach. Yes. Uh, But yes, we, we have some peanut butter in the house, and I believe we had some on some delicious Heat up waffles one Saturday morning. Oh, so that's that a was great, my recall. Yes, great combination. I learned, discovered that uh, when I had kid. My kids were little. Uh, yes, peanut peanut butter on a waffle is one of the greatest things you'll ever make. In a pinch, a peanut butter waffle sandwich, uh, some quick waffles in the toaster, some frozen waffles, slap some peanut butter on it, eat it in the back seat on the way to school. Those things. <laughs> I, I want one right now. As a matter of fact. I think somebody, that whoever invented the toaster waffle deserves some type of national prize for yes. a tremendous food contribution. That's it's the best. But yes, you are right about uh, March is an important uh, month, and I'm glad you brought up colorectal health because it does make people a little bit squeamish, but it's very important that you get a colonoscopy at the uh, recommended interval and your healthcare professional can kind of help guide you through all that. Yes, uh, I admit I have uh, I have to get one. I'm at the age now. Uh, I had one uh, a few years back and I need to have another one. So uh, put, uh, well, you're, you'll be my accountability partner. Uh, bring it up here and there and make sure I at least make the, uh, the appointment uh, and I'll get I that thing done. I will. It is very straightforward and nothing to be squeamish about. And they make it so that it's, it is about as easy as it can be. And it's very, very important for your health. I actually had a situation where uh, they found a precancerous polyp in one of my exams and they caught it in time and everything. But now I'm on the list. I've got to get mine every three years now. Every three years. Yeah, and I think uh, is the age 45 or 50 when they say you need to start having them regularly? Yeah, I believe the age is 50. You'd have to double check on that, but uh, I believe it is 50 when you should start getting uh, them on a regular basis. The recommended interval for just prevention is five years, but if something crops up, 
Uh, early detection, obviously, is very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a famous uh, IndyCar driver, John Andretti, who sadly passed away from colon cancer, and he left behind a foundation that really urges men to really attend to uh, your colorectal health. So it's, uh, you know, it's something that is a lot more important than you'd imagine. Yeah. We, you touched on this uh, a little bit about the associated with any type of bad thing, whether it's bad weather or, you know, COVID, you'll oftentimes get scams. Well, now that the vaccine is being distributed in our country, there are vaccine scams. And I looked into this because I thought, well, how on earth could there be a vaccine scam? But the FBI has actually issued a direct warning to consumers to be very careful because these vaccine scams are preying on people that, A, are very afraid of COVID. And it's good to be cautious, but we're talking about tapping into that primal fear. And it's also preying on older Americans. And I thought, well, how, how, would, how would you scam somebody with vaccines? But they're having guys call uh, lists of, of, I don't know if they've, I'm sure they do target lists with uh, older Americans, but they're telling people that we can ship the vaccine to your house or we can put you on a provisional list that gets you VIP treatment at the vaccine centers. And both of those are scams. Yeah, anytime somebody contacts you, uh, put your guard up. There um, you go. When you want to buy something, you, that is the one-way communication. You want to reach out to them. If you want to sign up to get on a list for the vaccine, you reach out to them. If somebody reaches out to you and says, hey, we can put you on this list if you send us money, ah, Yeah, be very flag. careful. Red yeah. flag. Always check with local health officials. The very good news is many municipalities are rolling out uh, vaccines in a pretty orderly fashion. And recently the FDA just approved Johnson & Johnson's vaccine. It is going into use and that particular vaccine, you only need to get one shot with the other two vaccines. You need to get two shots within like three to four weeks. Okay, very good. So there you go. Uh, it is also Kidney Health Awareness Month one out of three Americans are at risk for kidney disease, mostly because there are very few symptoms associated with anything going wrong with your kidney. So if you have high blood pressure or diabetes, make sure that you work with your healthcare professional to check your kidney function on a regular basis. Okay, very good. Very to know. important stuff. Believe it or not, you could have kidney stones as young as five years old and you probably have heard you don't want kidney stones they're very painful and they result in some 500,000 trips to the emergency room annually i didn't know uh, a youngin a five-year-old could uh, get kidney stones that would be a very miserable five-year-old with a kidney stone but once yeah. again this does lead you to think about what to do for overall kidney health, they do say the best prevention is to stay active, control your blood sugar, uh, monitor your blood pressure, drink plenty of fluids. And I suspect those fluids should probably be water. 
Uh, that's that's what they're referring to. Uh, and if you smoke, uh, stop smoking and stay healthy. Consult your doctor if you're at higher risk. So your kidney quietly does lots of work, but, you know, you got to take care of them. Boy, how would a now, five-year-old even describe to their parents oh, what they're that's feeling? What I'm that's yeah, a tough that one. would be so miserable. So, yeah, so be aware uh, of kidneys uh, even can affect the uh, health of younger uh, people. Now, Adam, you know we like to avoid controversy. There's plenty of controversy in this world, but unfortunately, a pizza place in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, has created controversy by creating a Fruit Loops pizza. Don't know if you saw this. I did not. That's terrible. Fruit Loops on a pizza? <laughs> Fruit Loops on a pizza. It's kind of a white sauce, and then the Fruit Loops are baked into the pie. Uh, it's technically a breakfast pizza, but it has caused outrage amongst pizza devotees who take their pizza very seriously. Yeah, that's no good. I mean, there's some people that won't even go as far as the pineapple. You know, you put pineapple on a pizza. Uh, but Fruit Loops, absolutely not. Uh, I saw something recently that I want to try, thanks to Facebook. And you know how you're scrolling through Facebook and you see some recipe for something that you've never thought of. And you're like, I could make that. Well, here's one. Uh, I cannot believe I never thought of this. I love a chili dog, a chili cheeser, as we used to call oh, them back yeah, in college. Oh, yeah, delicious. Yeah. Uh, they're we're talking about an easy recipe, uh, at least for me, opening up a can of chili. Uh, I'm not going to make the chili from scratch. But uh, you, take a pe- you take pizza dough, pre-made or dough or whatever, and you spread chili on top of it, and then you cut up slices of hot dog. And then sprinkle with cheddar cheese. And you're done. See? And bake it. Cook it. You've got a chili cheese pizza. Chili cheeser. <laughs> chili cheese dog See pizza. That? See that? That sounds delicious. I don't know about you, but there's certain commercials where you think to yourself, uh, you know, I'd probably eat too many of them. But that thing where they roll up the hot dog in the crescent roll on that one commercial, I think in... I would love to make a batch of those. Oh, those are awesome. Yeah, we make those all the time. Yeah, thankfully, I live with a spouse who would uh, completely and totally disallow it. That's probably for the better, but man, it looks so good. Oh, and you can, uh, we use Johnsonville brats. We we go a a step above just the normal hot dog. You put a Johnsonville brat, uh, a jalapeno cheese-infused brat uh, inside a crescent roll, bake it 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's what I'm going to have for dinner tonight. (laughs) I'm going to have to sneak out of the house. I need to visit Adam. It's very important. It is, yes. (laughs) We have a meeting. No, no, really, we do. (laughs) Uh, Well, and speaking of food and eating well, this – This may not set well with everybody, but you know a new theory about food comes out on a fairly regular basis. Well, this gentleman is an evolutionary anthropology professor uh, at Duke University, and he's a pretty smart guy. He's done a lot of research on how different people accommodate exercise and food, and his new book is called Burn. And his feeling is it really may not matter 
your exercise output, your diet is going to pretty much predetermine whether you're whether you stay at a healthy weight or not. That is uh, interesting. Yeah. So it's based on the fact that, you know, oftentimes we get so busy with our lives. Yeah, we might go work out. But during that hour that you're working out, you might spend another nine to 10 hours sitting in front of your computer doing your job. And then sadly, you know, we all love to sprawl at night and watch our favorite TV shows or sporting events. So that one hour of activity or hour and a half of activity may not be enough to offset the fact that we still are relatively sedentary as humans. The bag of Reese's cups and my chili cheese dog pizza may not be covered by the 45 minute walk I take through my, <laughs> my neighborhood. God. But I walked Reese's today. While walking. I went on a walk. Why do I why do I feel so terrible? Why is my health terrible? I took a I took a 2 mile walk today between Reese's and pizza. Right. That's how they created <laughs> Halloween. The kid has to actually walk up to the front door and he's burning what? Maybe 1.6 calories for a 200 calorie candy bar. I, it makes sense to me. <laughs> that's that's math I can understand. Yeah, so this guy might not be so uh might not be the happiest guy to have around, but it is interesting food for thought, literal food for thought that you really do have to watch your food intake. So sorry if we're breaking bad news to you on the Adam Rich show. You know, Jay, I do notice that when I work out um aggressively I eat worse. For example, the other day, we finally had a nice day. I went on a six-mile walk. I call it a walk. It's kind of a walk-run. I don't jog the whole time. I'll walk a little. I'll jog a little. Went six miles. Well, I uh, I ate terrible that day, and I think I you know I justified it by, hey, I walked six miles. And sure. then uh, today, I haven't done anything, and I, do, I won't have time to do anything as far as working out or walking. And uh, I've eaten healthy. I had a healthy lunch, and I'm going to have an even more healthy dinner. So that completely makes sense, that it's not uh, maybe necessarily how much you work out, but it's more so what you eat, what your, what your uh, not only calorie intake is, but what are those calories? How many are empty calories? How much is real protein and vegetables? Uh, something to think about for sure. Yeah, the bad thing is, is you really do have to sort of inform yourself, stay informed, and then sort of stay after it for good health. Um, Have you, and do you recall, because now we're kind of past Windows XP, but do you remember Windows XP as an operating system? Well, I don't know. Uh, I guess no. Okay, well, the reason why I bring it up is Windows XP was one of the most successful operating systems ever for uh, Microsoft. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, with most operating systems, you can customize them, you know, put different pictures on them and everything. Windows XP famously had a picture of a hill, of all things, a green hill with a blue sky. Okay. Well, there were several people that went crazy trying to figure out, is that a real hill? Because it looked way too nice on the picture on the screen of your computer. Believe it or not, somebody actually located that hill. There were groups of people that were going crazy trying to figure out the hill on the Windows XP. So if you remember Windows XP, which was pretty popular up until just about two years ago, uh, you will remember that hill. 
Uh, it was actually photographed by a guy who was uh, a, a photojournalist, and he shot the picture when he was out on a drive in 1996 and basically put it in a stock photo repository. Microsoft saw it, paid the guy a very healthy sum of money, but uh, somebody did locate that hill. And when I read that, I thought, isn't it great what some people get consumed by? So where's the hill? The hill is in Sonoma, California, and it is currently covered by grapevines. Okay. But uh, the guy took a picture of it back in 1996 before the vines grew, and uh, the photographer's name is Charles O'Rear, and Charles does admit, he goes, perfect lighting, perfect day, and he goes, can't blame uh, Microsoft for wanting to take one of my pictures and turn it into a screenshot for your operating system. Well, uh, now I've, when this show's over, I'm Googling this. I got to, I got to see this hill now. Windows XP and it's a hill. Google Windows XP. People were consumed by it. Yes. Uh, Yeah. People (laughs) get a life. I just laugh sometimes. Where's this hill? When I do research for this show and I think, why would someone be that worried about it? But apparently for years upon years, people were motivated to know more about this hill. And the hill is still a hill. It's not a strip mall or a, no, it's not a flea it's market. A, <laughs> it's not a, it's not. not a neighborhood of, of, of uh, trailers. It's not a trailer park. Uh, no. It's still a hill, but there's vines <laughs> on still, it. Yeah, there's vines on it now. So it is uh, slightly less clear that it's the exact same hill. But the minute you see that Windows XP picture, it will remind you that that particular uh, shot was used on literally millions of computers. I'll be darned. They, they should put some sort of uh, password, uh, just a giant sign in the middle of the hill that says password. <laughs> password. Absolutely. Now, here is a fundraiser that sounds like a lot of fun, and it kind of goes back to food and great names. But there is a minor league baseball team called the Montgomery Biscuits. Okay. And it sounds delicious, doesn't it? It makes you want to go out and have breakfast. I'd play for the Biscuits? Yeah. Montgomery Biscuits, a uh, minor league baseball team in, of all places, Montgomery, Alabama. They are hosting a kickball tournament this weekend for Brantwood Children's Home in the greater Montgomery area. But I thought to myself, kickball tournament, doesn't that sound like a blast? Oh, yeah. You don't need uh, hardly any skill. Uh, no. All you need to know are the rules of baseball or softball. And you and don't need you... any equipment, no glove. No. Just, just bring your leg and, and kick the ball. It's that red ball that we all avoided getting smacked in the head with in dodgeball. Yeah. And you just kick it. And you know there's going to be some highly competitive guys out there. So I picture the Montgomery Biscuits probably have to get some guys to tone down a little bit yeah you'll have some gym heroes show up as we used to call them the gym <laughs> heroes these are these are the people that never really made a team but they during gym class boy they went all out they were <laughs> they they were they were half nuts absolutely and uh yeah they're, they're gonna show up and they'll break somebody's nose <laughs> 
They'll kick the ball so hard, it'll break oh, somebody's nose. Ball. We're just trying to Absolutely. raise some money for the kids. Can you can you slow down a little bit with your with your kickball uh, acumen here? You know, there's got to be kickball official statistics too, because uh, or, or, or you know the official diagram for the kickball court, etc. Because you can't make the run to first base the same as you would in baseball. I think that's like 90 feet away. So I'm sure kickball is improvised. It would be fantastic. And I I know it's a different sport, but you you touched on dodgeball. You used the the red dodgeball, the bigger version of it, for kickball. Uh, How fantastic if uh, Gary Cole and Jason Bateman – from that were the uh, sportscasters from the Ocho during the dodgeball movie, Vince Vaughn's dodgeball movie. Oh, yeah. How great if they got wind of this story and they showed up at that event to call the game. Oh, see, I think that that would be terrific because every time I see dodgeball, I instantly think of Vince Vaughn, as I'm sure you do. Yeah, and I if, if you rewatch the film, Gary Cole uh, as the sportscaster is one of my favorite parts of that whole movie. Uh, and then the dumb, his dumb counterpart, uh, Jason Bateman, <laughs> just saying the most <laughs> obvious things. Uh, yeah, those, I, I hope they get wind of the story and show up in, uh, is it Alabama, you said, in Birmingham, yes, Alabama? Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, uh, or no, Montgomery, Alabama. Montgomery, Alabama. Montgomery Biscuits, okay. yeah. So. It, show up to Biscuit Field and uh, help the kids. <laughs> Very interesting. Uh, thank you, Jay Baker. And I hope uh, any of our listeners who know Gary Cole and have him on speed dial get a hold of him and let him know uh, about this tournament (laughs) you've been listening to the adam rich show we thank you for climbing aboard you can hear uh, this show and all past shows in podcast form on demand on our website adamritzshow.com the adam ritz show is recorded live in studio at the vibonomics worldwide headquarters learn more about the vibonomics audio out of home marketplace at vibonomics.com For information on this broadcast, including past on-demand episodes, interview submissions, and syndication contacts, visit adamritzshow.com.